listening to Whitesboro Bearcat Playoff Football, only on Whitesboro Sports Radio. time for the Coach Cody Fagan Show, and it's brought to you by the Whitesboro Athletic Booster Club, as we will go over everything Whitesboro, over the Bearcats and the Lady Cat Sports Nation, and go over tonight's opponent for the Bearcats. Now, here's your host, Frank Grantham and Linda Lee, with Whitesboro Athletic Director, Cody Fagan. Hello, Bearcat Nation, and welcome to the Coach Cody Fagan Show. We're here with Whitesboro's Athletic Director, Head Football Coach, and 3A Coach of the Week, Cody Fagan. Coach, it's been a great week and just a great season for Whitesboro Athletics all around, and so let's hit on some of the uh, peripheral athletics, and then we'll get into this uh, these playoff games. Yes, sir. Uh, it's been a great week, been a great start to the school year and all the athletic program with uh, a lot of accomplishments so far. We're getting into some basketball now. We've got uh, this Saturday at Aubrey, boys basketball. Varsity will be over there, obviously. Uh, they won't have full strength yet until uh, until we wrap up football, whenever that may be, hopefully a, a lot further away than uh, than uh, anytime soon. And then Monday, the 25th, they'll be at home versus Melissa over uh, Thanksgiving break, and then Tuesday at Sanger. So a lot of basketball going on, a lot of younger kids getting a lot of reps since those varsity players are still out there playing football. Girls basketball will be at Sanger Monday over the break and at Aubrey Tuesday over the break. So girls are getting after it. Young team for the girls right now, just two seniors on that team right now. So uh, hopefully they keep progressing like I've seen them do at the Bells Tournament this weekend. Played a bunch of tough teams, but they are uh, making a lot of strides and doing that in a good way. So middle school boys basketball hasn't played yet, but they'll crank up after Thanksgiving break at Decatur on that Monday. So always tough coming off a week off and playing your first game, but that's, that's the way it falls this year. And then girls middle school basketball will be at Pilot Point that same Monday after the break. Wrestling will get cranked up the December the 4th over at Frisco High. And powerlifting won't really crank up into any actual meets until after Christmas break. But lots of stuff going on. Lots of kids uh, getting after in the athletic program and a lot of different sports. That's great, Coach. And also my congratulations of winning Class 3A Coach of the Week. That's great accomplishment, you know. That's kind of like the, not taking anything away from the band, but kind of showing to the band, uh, you know, you go through it. That's a lot of schools, 204 schools, and you got named Coach of the Week. That's a great accomplishment in your first year here at Whitesboro. Um, Coach, uh, real quick, uh, I had some news that, uh, you know, uh, our uh, state champ, Peyton Muntz, won, you know, state and cross country. Somebody was telling me, or I heard that she's going to sign with a college Thursday, this coming Thursday. Is that true on that? Yes, sir. Uh, obviously, we're recording this a little early, but she is signing tomorrow, Thursday, during uh, 
the what we call the activity period at 11 a.m. in the library, and obviously a great accomplishment anytime you win a state championship. But to follow that up by getting signed with a Division One college uh, here in the state of Texas, so great accomplishment for her. And then you know, obviously she's going to get to go down there where we've got two kids currently running, and uh, Max and Michael, those two uh, seniors from right. last year that had a, such a great run in both cross country and. Um, track season so it'd be a neat environment for her to get to go down there and see some guys that she's been around and trained with and then obviously just a, a great accomplishment with that state championship a couple weeks back well coach big uh, let's go over the eastland game just a little bit big win round one playoff matchup with eastland they came in i believe nine and two they had a uh, their quarterbacks uh, already committed to going to texas tech at the next level he is a junior but uh you know he coming to this game you know with a lot of uh, stats on him all year and uh got to give you and your defense credit you know they come into there and got two pick sixes against uh, eastland that led to the win Absolutely. Coach Gabbard and the defensive staff do a great job getting those kids ready. You know, we've uh, changed up what we do defensively a little bit in the last four weeks, starting back at the Ponder Week and just getting the kids focused on them relying on themselves more to get lined up based on the formation. The, those guys counting backs and doing a little more on their own. And then Coach Gabbard making a little wrinkle here and there when he sees something. But well, we've seen a great strides with the group once they've had to take ownership and get themselves lined up, knowing what they're going to run out of a certain formation. And then defensive line-wise, I know those skill guys that get the actual catch and, and run back to score get the credit. But really, both of those plays – those interceptions by Jacob Smith and Sutton Furman were, were caused by a D-line that just really couldn't right, be blocked. That's exactly so, right. You know, one of them was deflected, and the other one was just making him get out of the pocket and get on the move. So, you know, obviously, just like in anything, the, the big guys up front normally don't get the credit, but both of those huge plays that helped win us that game were caused by a defensive line getting after theirs. Absolutely, Coach. Uh, you know, we talked on the defense, getting the two picks. Offense moved the ball pretty well with them, too. But uh, how about the special teams, Lindell and Cody? I mean, uh, got another key 39-yard field goal and also got a fake punt there that worked up to perfection for Jacob Smith. He goes back and does that rugby style. You know, and we talked about that. And I'm going to ask you, was that a design play or did like before it happened, did you tell him to do it or did you say, hey, if you see a scene, you know, take it, you know. You know, it, it was one of those moments in the game, four minutes left, fourth and four, uh, obviously rugby style punt heading towards our sideline. Communication I gave Jacob was uh, one that indicates that he can either punt or run it if he sees an opening. And, you know, I, I knew as soon as I signaled it to him what he was going to do, there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to go for it. And I had full confidence in him. And obviously that was a huge down on that drive to get us down there in field goal range for Jorge to put it away. So turning point. just shows that those kids busting their butt in right. every area. You know, it, you can't just be good on offense or defense this time of year. We tell the kids all the time that special teams are going to decide the, the ball game. And they very much so did in that one. You know, um, it, it was just really exciting to see that kid make his mind up and say, here I go, I'm going to go find a way to get it done. And he, he got hit pretty hard <laughs> yes, right there on he that did. play on our sideline. Yes. But uh, I bet he'd say, 
Oh, yeah, get the first down. I think it was fourth and four on that play. And like you say, Jorge, another big crucial kick, 39 this week, 40 last week. I mean, didn't, that was in the fourth quarter clutch uh, kick after the coach called a timeout. So coach trying to ice him, and it didn't work for it Jorge. It good for 45 easy. It was a solid kick. I totally agree. What a great win. You know, your first year here getting a playoff win. Now, Well, a quick question before we move okay. on. Listen, well, I guess a transition question, really. Um you were talking about that defensive line getting penetration, and they absolutely were. He was not getting much time, but I noticed early in the game we were giving a lot of cushion, and so though we were getting a lot of penetration, we rarely got to the quarterback because he was able to release the ball so quickly to his receivers. But then I noticed you made a change at halftime when we started playing a lot closer, gave our boys a little more time to get in on the quarterback. Is that something we're going to see follow through into Bushland? Yeah, you know, obviously we start the game that way all the time, trying to get the kids comfortable. And, you know, me and Coach Gabbard and the defensive staff, we talk each and every week. I, I've been doing this a long time. Coach Gabbard's been doing it a long time. And I've yet to meet an offensive coordinator that won't get uh, frustrated and want to throw yeah. the ball deep. So, you know, at the high school level, I think you can afford to give up the short passes. You know, they still have to catch the snap, get the ball off, and catch another one in order to get in the yard. So we're going to continue to make sure that they have to uh, take care of business and and beat us on the short stuff. And then obviously we do have some adjustments if they are having success in that area. But really, at the end of that first half, we made one little change on one kid that was getting us a little bit. And the rest of the guys we kept, stay back, don't give up the deep ball, make them earn it, make them have. That's not their style. They they didn't want to score in 12, 13 point drives. They wanted to score in two and they're three, four, exactly. Yeah, you if you take away a big play team's big play ability, they're going to get frustrated and have to find a new identity. Anytime we can make them play outside what they like to do, we feel like we have the advantage, and I think that's what our kids did. Yeah. They they stayed patient. You know, we did the whole bend but don't break scheme on defense, and you know it worked for us. And every time they snap the ball, what we communicate to our kids is one more snap is one more opportunity yeah. for them to make a mistake. Yeah, defensive-minded coach Gary Patterson always calls that make them play left-handed. Yeah, that's and so true. Uh, no, I thought y'all did an excellent job of doing that. Yeah, uh, coach. Also, kind of what you're touching on here that they had, a, you know, the quarterback threw for 29 touchdowns this year, and that's not the only problem we had to deal with. You knew the running back too, Fielding. What was he six two? They say he was two twenty. Oh, he He's got to be about two forty. Man, I've seen Jacob Smith take him down, and among other Bearcats, even you know, defensive tackle right. and running back. And, that, and you're talking. I mean, yeah. the end of the uh, first half, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's two and a half seconds left. They either get it in the end zone or we go to half. We get the ball at half. He comes around the corner, and this kid is easily 6'2", 240, 245. And 5'4", 130, Jacob Smith takes him down before he gets the end zone. That's what you got to do. But Jacob went for the feet and hit him, and he went down. There was obviously a lot of big plays in that game, but, you know, from a coaching standpoint, that might have been the biggest play. It was huge. That kid kept him out, yeah. Half right there, taking the momentum in. But instead, you know, our guys just playing, playing bigger than they actually are and making plays, overachieving, and, you know, Jacob made a great play and gave us the momentum going into the half and the confidence to come out and finish the job. Absolutely. So uh, we got a big game tonight here in Iowa Park, but to get all our listeners up to date a little bit, Bushland comes in ranked number four. I know in some polls it's different. Um, they come in 11-0, and 0, and, you know, you think, you know, you dealt with the quarterback through 29 touchdowns. Oh, it's going to get easier in the second round. No, you know, you, here we go. we got a quarterback 
His uh, I don't his last name is Thomas. He's you know they're eleven and zero. He has thrown for forty touchdown passes for Bushland this year. You know now you can debate their schedule a little bit. Uh, it's not near as strong as the Bearcats schedule, but. Um, also, uh, Cody going into their defense now, and their defense is only allowed eight points in um, uh, five of the eleven games. Eight points or less in five of the eleven games this year. So it seems like they got a pretty strong defense too, and their offense is averaging forty nine points a game. So absolutely, anytime you play an undefeated football team that's eleven and zero in the second round of the playoffs, they're going to be good, no question about it. They're ranked number four in the state for a reason. They've earned that right, but. You know, I, I think our kids have played a really, really tough schedule, that pre-district schedule, playing yeah. several 4As and some 3As and, and, uh, a little smaller than yeah. us, 3 AD2s that will probably be playing late December football no matter what. So our kids have been tested, and we, we know how to compete against good teams. They run a defensive scheme very, very similar to Pilot Point and Brock and that 10-1 look that uh, stems from G.A. Moore's days back at Salina. So they're going to attack you and try and come in and, and make us make decisions quick and in a hurry on the offense side and uh, I just feel like our kids are ready for that and, and know what to expect with, with that scheme and I think we'll be ready to go on that side of the ball the uh, the other side of the ball um, their offense is good you know they, they get the ball thrown downfield they also run the ball very well they've got a uh, about a 50-50 run pass ratio when it comes to just plays in general but uh, our kids are ready for it. It's a very similar scheme to what Eastland ran, so we get some carryover in what we're doing. Uh, you know, they run a lot of the same formations, a lot of the same schemes. So we're excited about the opportunity. Our kids have been pretty confident coming off of, you know, three wins in a row against spread teams that try and do a lot of the same things. So, uh, you know, it's a favorable matchup uh, for us, I think. Obviously, they're good. We're going to have to play really well and have a couple breaks. But I think our kids are ready, and they love that underdog role with having their back against the wall, and nobody really expected anything from them. So it should be an exciting match. Well, I was kind of looking, you know, kind of comparing the teams also. Um, Bushland comes in out of the top 30 teams they're in Class 3A. Bushland's schedule uh, was actually the lowest out of the top 30 teams. Whitesboro came in. Um, I don't believe who number one was, but Whitesboro came in with the strength of schedule was number two. So, that's like Cody was saying, you know, when you play teams like Brock, Gunner, uh, you know, Anna, that gets you ready for the, what we're Tough in right now. Too, when you're playing Boyd and Pilot right. Point and exactly. Rock and Paradise and these teams that can really get after you. So, Whitesboro will, tonight will be, if you're listening to it coming in right now, Whitesboro is all setting on the visiting side tonight here against Bushland. We're getting ready for this round two uh, playoff matchup. And, Cody, I know we're taking a little bit of step forward, but as a uh, – we kind of did went over this a little bit last week, but as a preliminary discussion of a potential round three location, have you had a chance to talk to Denver City or Brock at all yet? Yes, sir. If, if we were to meet Denver City, we'd probably play right back out in Abilene area at either Shotwell Stadium for Abilene ISD, possibly at Hardin-Simmons University, but – the, the Abilene area is really your halfway point between Denver City and here. The Denver City's right there on the New Mexico line near Hobbs, New Mexico. So it's it's as far out there as you can get, really. So yeah. Abilene, even though that's a yeah. three-hour drive for us, right. it's going to be 
every bit of a three-hour drive for them. So now, you know, obviously Brock's a, a great football team. Obviously we've seen them over the last couple of years and played some really good games with them. If they win, we uh, preliminary right now, obviously nothing can be set in stone until it's all done. They play Thursday night, we play Friday. But uh, we'd probably be at Apogee Stadium on the campus of UNT Friday at 1 o'clock. So well, that'd be a great game. It'd, it'd be a cool atmosphere yep. for our kids. Right the day after Thanksgiving. Right, right there in a big stadium right in the heart of Metroplex. That would be awesome if it works out that way. Um, how about Cody? Uh, I ask you this every week. I know you're probably tired of answering it, but we just got to get everybody up to date on everything. How did? Uh, how are we looking injury-wise coming to this big matchup and also – Practice-wise this week, how have we looked practice-wise? Uh, we came out uh, you know, of a very physical football game. We came out bumps and bruises just like anybody would this time of year, but no major injuries to speak of. We're going to be at 100%, have all our guys out there ready to go. We, uh, you know, last week when we recorded the show, I thought we were at 100%. And Sean Shears, uh, sophomore safety and wide receiver, tweaked his neck in practice later that day and did end up missing the game. But we actually have him back also. So we're truly at 100% this week. Going to have all those guys. And then, you know, the, the other thing, we got all those JV kids that now have got two weeks of varsity practice yes, under their belt. That's a good point. Getting free practices to get that's better. And you, you never know when we might throw one of those kids out on a kickoff or a special team and get them a little bit of work too. So that, that's always exciting to look over and now have 60 bodies. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. Uh, Practice-wise, we've looked good. We've been at the stadium every week since time or every day since time change uh using the lights over there and you know the energy's still up the kids are excited they still uh want to be there and, uh, and we're hoping to try and push this thing a little further and see if we can get a little uh thanksgiving football it's always fun absolutely absolutely man that would be great that would be, great. It would be an exciting time for those uh young men well, Coach, it's the time of the show where we just turn it over to you and let you speak to whatever's on your heart, uh, whether that's in the community, personal life, whatever you want to do. It's your show. And so, uh, Coach, uh, what's on your heart today? Well, you know, big win Friday night over, I'm sorry, Thursday night over in Graham versus Eastland. Obviously, our boys were really, really excited on top of the world, celebrating with each other. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier today. Uh, I think some of you may have seen this on social media. We had a picture of one of our seniors, Aaron Scorzone, number 50, after our kids had celebrated and had our fun and taken pictures with the trophy. You noticed a, a senior from Eastland come out to the 50-yard line and sit down and, and kneel and pray. And Aaron didn't have to. Uh, you know, it, it was just totally on him. Nobody said a word to him. Took it upon himself to get out of himself into others and just go check on that kid and, and talk to him for a few minutes. It was a cool moment just to see our kids. That Absolutely. Even at, at our highest moment of the year and that kid's lowest moment of the year to, to understand that, yes, it is important. It's important to win football games, but he, he knew that it was important to go talk to that kid in his time of need and, and just show him what we're really all about here in Whitesboro ISD and Whitesboro in general. That's great. That's great. Man, that's a great thing, Coach. That's um, character and integrity. Absolutely. Can't, can't be taught. So, um, at this time, uh, we're going to be transitioning right now into the play call and the broadcast. Man, I sure hope you stick around because we have a real exciting one coming to you today from Iowa Park. As your Whitesboro Bearcats get ready to take on the Bushland Falcons, it's going to be a second-round playoff matchup, and you will not want to miss it. Let's go, Bearcats. Go, Bearcats. Go, Bearcats. Go, Bearcats. 